Good morning. Good morning, Catalyst family. Glad you're here. Uh, as Kimiko mentioned, that we have some outreach events coming up. So we want to encourage you to start pipping. All right, so pipping, I introduced that a couple years ago. Pipping stands for pray, invite, then pray again. All right, so we want to encourage you to invite people out. Um, I didn't put the Good Friday service. It's our very first Good Friday service. Very first Good Friday service here. It's going to be a good time. And then we have Easter. Uh, the kids are preparing a program and message is going to be good. All right, message is going to be good. So um, come on out to that. But we have some other things. Because Easter is on a second Sunday and second Sundays are multi-gen service, we wanted to push our multi-gen service to the week after. And so we're having a special multi-gen habit truck day. All right, so habit truck day. So you can invite friends out to that. It'd be great uh, for service at a lunch after. And then there's in May, Mother's Day, June, Father's Day. And then in July and August, we are going to have on each of the second Sundays in the summer, July and August, multi-gen service again. We're going to have it as an outreach service. We're going to have uh, awesome lunch, great message. So invite people out. Start making connections, family, friends, coworkers, people on other, your kids' sports teams. Think about them. Pray, start praying for them. Invite them out. We have a lot of things coming up and rounding out with Grandparents Day in September. Okay. So um, if you've been with our church, or if you're new, we have been moving this year into a new season. A new season, and we're calling it Catalyst 2.0. Catalyst 2.0. And it's kind of involving, like, reorganizing the church, new mission and vision, um, implementing some important policies in terms of safety and things for the children's ministry. As you know, if you have kids, we have the electronic check-in system we're implementing. There's new tech. We have the Catalyst app, right? All these things going on, and this is good, and I believe the Lord's wanting us to do these things for greater fruitfulness, right? For greater impact. But probably a couple of weeks ago, as we've been implementing some of these things, I felt like the Lord spoke to me. And what the Lord said to me was this, remember, don't forget, remember the Holy Spirit. And all these things, remember the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to look at, and it brings us back to Acts. We're going through the book of Acts. And so I'm just going to read just Acts 2, verses 1 through, or Acts 19, verses 1 through 2, just these two verses. And we're in a series and a part of the book of Acts where it talks a lot about the work and the moving of the Holy Spirit. So look at that, Acts 19, verses 1 and 2 says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. So Paul's on his third trip, his third mission journey. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So he's visiting the churches, strengthening the believers, strengthening the churches. He comes upon a group, a community in Ephesus, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And so we, here we have these believers in Ephesus. They have accepted the Lord. They put their faith in Jesus, but they have no knowledge or no understanding of the Holy Spirit or who he is. Okay, so boys and girls, I'm going to ask you, 
Who is the Holy Spirit? Who do you think the Holy Spirit is? Yeah, it's God. Very good, very good. Holy Spirit is God? Anything else? What do you know about the Holy Spirit? Or who is he? Is the Holy Spirit, you know, is the Holy Spirit like Star Wars? Like he's the force, this invisible force. Yes, no, yes, no. What do you guys think? While he's not like an impersonal force like Star Wars. In fact, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is a person. And so today we're going to look at some of the things, some of the characteristics of the, of the Holy Spirit. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit is, as, as Ezra said, God. The Holy Spirit is God. And if you have your app, you can take that out. Again, I've worked hard on those notes. And so take the app out. It has some notes for you there. If you want to get and download the Catalyst app, you can just go to the back table. There's a QR code. Just use your phone, point it at the QR code, and then your phone will do the work. All right? Your phone will do the work. Okay? But that's the first blank there. All right? Holy Spirit is God. Listen to this verse, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So the Bible said the Lord is the Spirit. The Spirit is the Lord. They're one and the same. So the Holy Spirit is God. He's not a force. He's not just like, you know, an energy. He's a person and he's God. Right? And let me introduce you too, to also three other, I'm going to just touch on three other characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Okay? If you look in your notes, first, the Holy Spirit is God. Yes, he's God. <laughs> he's God. That's very good. But he is one of the characteristics, powerful. The Holy Spirit is powerful. We actually see the Holy Spirit right at the beginning of the Bible. The very first two chapters, Genesis 1, 1 and 2, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So the Holy Spirit was there at the beginning as part of creation. He was part of creation. He was part of creating the universe. Now, how big is the universe? Humongous! Jackson's right. The Holy Spirit is humongous. Humongous, all right? Look at, look at, uh, look at this, these stats, okay? Last, I don't know if you heard that two weeks ago, about two weeks ago, I saw this on a news article that Scientists discovered this ginormous explosion that took place in the universe. It was a gigantic explosion. In fact, they said this explosion took place in a galaxy 390 million light years away. Right? That's just, that's a really long distance. Really, really long distance. And this explosion took place over millions and millions of years. 
But this explosion was so big, it created like a crater, a hole in the universe. So they just discovered this. Now, I want to just give you an idea about the size of this hole or crater in the universe. So this explosion was so powerful, it ripped this, this hole in the universe. Okay, now, this is in miles, so how many of you have been to Hawaii? Hawaii? Okay, it's a pretty long plane ride, right? It's about five or six hours, right? So Hawaii is 2,500 miles away from LA, okay? That's Hawaii. Now, the Earth to the moon, it's 250,000 miles to the moon, right? So that's what? A hundred times further to the moon than Hawaii. Like you had to go to Hawaii a hundred times, back and forth, 50, like back and forth 50 times. Once back, once back, then that's the moon. The Earth to the sun? 93 million miles. 93 million miles away. The Earth to the nearest star, the nearest star is, star is Alpha Centauri, right? It's about 25, what? Trillion. Good, trillion. Good, Jared. 25 trillion miles away, okay? Now, the size of this crater that was created by this huge, giant explosion. They say this explosion was probably second only to like the Big Bang, which started the whole universe. You know how big that is? <laughs> what is that number there? No? Nine quintillion. Nine quintillion miles away, long. So that's how big this crater is. This crater in the universe is nine quintillion miles long, all right? So it's 360,000 times bigger than the distance from here to the nearest star. In fact, you could fit 15 of our own galaxies in this crater. I mean, this is mind-blowing. I mean, the Milky Way galaxy, it takes, it's 100,000 light years across. 100,000 light years. Light travels at the speed of 186,000 miles a second. One, 186,000. Two, another 186,000. Three, another 186,000 miles. I mean, this is mind-blowing. This explosion was so big, it ripped this gigantic, enormous hole in the universe. In Genesis, it says the Holy Spirit was there when God created the universe. God initiated the universe. You know how? By just speaking it into existence. He just spoke it. And, and scientists believe, right, it started with the Big Bang. There was this gigantic, big, explosive bang. And God pulled the trigger. 
God initiated just by saying it. So the Holy Spirit, He is awesome, awesomely powerful. Look at this verse. Look at what this verse says about the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8. But you, Jesus talking to the disciples, you will receive what? Power. You know what? Sometimes as Christians, I think we're taught, you know, be humble. Walk humbly. And so because of that, we say, well, no, it's okay. I don't, I don't want power. That's like being prideful or something. But Jesus tells them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, the one who initiated the universe, comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That word for power there, it's the word dunamis. You know what we get from the word dunamis? What does it sound like? Dynamite. Explosive. Dynamite. Power. And Jesus tells them that power from the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. That kind of power. And it's actually supernatural, miraculous power. And then John 14, 17 says this. This is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. The world doesn't know the spirit. It can't see the spirit. It doesn't understand the spirit. But you know him. Jesus is telling his disciples, you know him. Now listen to this. He lives with you and will be in you. This powerful Holy Spirit will not only come upon you, but he's living in you. You have unlimited power within you from the Holy Spirit. In your notes, God's explosive power is with you and in you. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of this little clip from Aladdin. Okay, this little kit from the, from the genie in the land. So let's look at this. <laughs> so the genie says, Phenomenal cosmic power! Space, because he's in, stuck in the lamp, right? The Holy Spirit. Phenomenal cosmic power. Itty bitty, itty bitty living space, because he's in you. And you know what God intended for the Holy Spirit to do? You know what the Holy Spirit wants to do? He wants to be unleashed and released in and through our lives. He's waiting for us to cooperate with him, to acknowledge him, to embrace him, to interact with him. So his awesome power that created the universe can be unleashed in and through us. So the Holy Spirit, 
He's powerful. You know what else the Holy Spirit is? Number two, the Holy Spirit is smart. The Holy Spirit is very, very smart. 1 Corinthians 2.11 For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God knows and is the thoughts of God. Isaiah 11.2 Isaiah 11.2 Things going to come up. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom. Now these are all the things that the Spirit is. The Spirit of wisdom, of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. So the spirit, the Holy Spirit, he is super smart. Right? He's super smart. He knows everything. He would totally ace every single test. He would never lose on Jeopardy. Right? He'd never lose. He knows everything. But you know what's interesting? You know what I, I think is interesting about myself and a lot of people I know? When we need counsel or when we have an issue that we're trying to think about, so often we go to a person first. We go to a person for advice. We go to a person for counseling. We go to a person. Now that's good. The Bible actually says a person of many counselors will have, be successful. So God wants us to seek advice and seek godly advice and counsel from other people. But the Holy Spirit is accessible to us. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is the counselor. Now, if we are in touch with the Holy Spirit, who would you rather get advice from? A person, a counselor that you go to see? which is a good thing, which is a very good thing. Or, and, or the Holy Spirit, who knows everything, who knows everything. The Holy Spirit wants to guide us, give us instruction, lead us, give us understanding. If we're, if we're connected to him, that's what he wants to do. That's why it's so important, like I said, to have regular, daily interaction with the Holy Spirit, to be aware of him, to be engaged with him, to be in interacting with him, to be seeking after him, to ask him questions. And a lot of times he speaks to us through the Bible, through our own thoughts, through our own emotions, through circumstances. But the Holy Spirit, he's really smart. And lastly, the Holy Spirit is super loving. The Holy Spirit is loving. John 14, 16, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The advocate, word for advocate, original word is paraclete. And paraclete can mean comforter or helper, the one who comes along the side of us, right? Or counselor can mean all of those things. Basically, I thought, man, the Holy Spirit wants to be our best friend. He wants to be our best friend. Romans 5.5, 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. So God says, when you accepted 
Jesus Christ, at that moment, the Holy Spirit came into your life, and it says, he poured out, he flooded your heart with the love of God. Flooded your heart with the love of God. You know, there is nothing in this world, nothing in this world greater than knowing and experience the love of God. There's nothing. You know, when I experience the love of God, and usually every Sunday and during the week, I experience the love of God. A bunch of different times. You know, almost every time when I'm really experiencing the love of God, I'm aware of the love of God, I, tears come to my eyes. Tears, because it's so hits you in your, your heart. It's so awesome that God would love me that much. You know, I re- I, I've talked to many people. They said, you know, I don't know what it is. I, I come to church on Sunday. For, I don't know why. I'm not sad. I'm not, I just start crying. During worship time, I just start crying. A lot of people have said that. In fact, there's different people in our church. They've gone through seasons where every Sunday for weeks and weeks and weeks, every Sunday they come in and they be crying. In fact, I just talked to someone last week, and she said, I don't know, every time I'm coming to the church, they're fairly new, every time I come, I just start crying. You know what that is? It's experiencing the Holy Spirit and the love of God. The love of God is overwhelming. When this awesome, powerful, almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God sent his son Jesus to love you, to die for you, to bring you into his family. There's nothing, nothing in this world that's better than that. And so I'm going to have the worship team come up. And um, what I felt like the Lord wanted us to do, can you put the application slide up? The Holy Spirit is this incredible person that's in our lives. And it's in us. He's on us, and he's in us. And I think the reason why, you might say, man, all that power is in me? Why don't I experience it? Why aren't I experiencing that power? I think a lot of times it's because we're not connected to the power. We're not plugged in. We're not aware of his power and his presence in our lives. And so these are some things as we enter into worship. I just want to encourage you to kind of go through these things or think about these things. It's on your app too if you have your app. Number one, confess to the Holy Spirit Tell the person of the Holy Spirit any fears you have, any lies, any misperceptions, or mistrust you have had towards him. A lot of people are scared of the Holy Spirit. They're fearful. And if we're fearful, 
the enemy will use that to turn off the faucet of our connection to the Holy Spirit. And so when we're worshiping, if that resonates, yeah, you know what? I do have some fears. And just confess, Holy Spirit, I confess to you my fears. I give laid up fears down. I confess to you my misperceptions I've had of you, that you're wanting to judge me, that you're after me. I confess that. So just kind of go through that. Two, acknowledge the Holy Spirit and your desire for and need of him. So just tell the Holy Spirit, I want more of you to move in my life. Just tell him, I like you. I want you in my life. And then number three, give the Holy Spirit permission to move in your life and have full access to your life. Which is, Holy Spirit, you have permission. I give you permission to move in my life. However you want to, because I, I know you love me. And what you're going to do is going to bring greater blessings to my life. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for giving, sending the Holy Spirit, your very Spirit, to be your presence here on earth, to not only live with us, but be in us. Jesus, thank you for giving up your life and rising from the dead because of you and only because of you do we have access to the life of the Spirit. So we thank you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we want you to move in a greater way in our life. So we acknowledge your presence here. We love you. We like you. We want more of you. We need you. And we want to give you permission. We give you permission take hold of our lives, move in our lives, do what you desire for our good and your glory. So thank you, Lord. Just come now, Holy Spirit, move amongst us. As pastor of this church, give you permission to move amongst us freely as you desire. Come in power, come in wisdom, come in love. In Jesus' name. Amen.